take your Bible and turn with me to Acts chapter 4. For those of you who are nervous that I'm fixing to preach for 30 minutes, hold on. We're going to go to the table together, all right? We're going to worship together uh, around this table. But I want to I set it up today for us uh, in Acts chapter 4. The church uh, is brand new. Uh, as a matter of fact, Acts chapter 2, for those of you who have read uh, through the book of Acts recently or, or maybe a long time ago, and you remember, this is where Pentecost happens. The church is really birthed. The Spirit of God uh, fills the disciples and fills those who come to know the Lord. And the Bible says there are about 3,000 added to the church that day. So we're, we're at about 3,000 souls right then. And then in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are headed up to the temple, which is where the people gathered. And you remember last week we talked about the temple having this big portico and, and all of this area where they could probably get into a place and they were speaking there. On their way to the temple, they meet this lame beggar. He's sitting on the side of, of the road there and he's begging for money. And, and those of you who have been in church all your life like I have, you probably will recognize the phrase that Peter says. He looks at this lame beggar and he says to him, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I give to you. He says, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And this man gets up in the power of Jesus Christ and he walks. And so those who are around are amazed. And so Peter, in verse 11 of chapter 3, gets an opportunity to preach to them. We're going to find out in just a moment, chapter 4, many of them come to know the Lord. But Peter's preaching to them and there's a big stir in this time, as Peter has uh, uh, healed this man, and then he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, now, chapter 4, as we begin there, Acts chapter 4, verse 1, the, uh, the Sadducees, those who we would call the Sanhedrin, the priests and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, and look at verse 2, they were greatly annoyed. Now, some of you can annoy people and it just comes natural to you. Uh, it's not for us as believers to annoy people, but Peter here annoys them. Why? Because he's preaching the gospel. If the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ annoys people, then we rejoice. But this annoyed the leaders of uh, the false religion then at that point. And so, verse 3, they arrest them. It's already almost night, so they put them in prison overnight. They bring them back out the next day, and they put them on trial. Verses 5 and 6 tell you who's in the trial. And then I want you to notice at the end of verse 7 of chapter 4, the question that they're asked. By what power or by what name did you do this? These men know, this Sanhedrin, they know something miraculous has happened This message that you're preaching of Jesus, what power do you have to make a difference in our world? And Peter, verse 8, filled with the Spirit, preaches again now to the Sanhedrin, to the elders. And so in his preaching, you go down to verse 12 of Acts chapter 4, you have another verse that many of you would have heard if you grew up in church. And there is, this is Peter's message, he ends here, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And so Peter is preaching the gospel to them. And so they see the boldness of Peter and John. They're not backing off of the gospel. Why? Because they know the power by which this has happened. And so they're afraid of the people. So if you read the rest of the chapter, what they're going to say is, well, what we know is this man actually was healed and everybody saw it. So we can't really do anything. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pull Peter and John in and we're privately going to warn them not to talk about this anymore because the consequences next time will not be so generous. And then we're going to let them go, just warning them, don't 
keep doing what you're doing. Stop it. Stop sharing the gospel. So one of my major questions this morning as you come to this table is, what would keep you from sharing the gospel? For these guys, it was, a, it, it was officials in the, in the ruling party saying, stop sharing the gospel, and that would not do it. And so what do they do? They go back to their brothers and sisters in Christ. So we pick up our reading in verse 23 of chapter 4. I want you to hear the word of the Lord. Acts chapter 4, pick up your reading with me in verse 23. Hear the word of the Lord. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. This is the word of the Lord. Church, I just want to set the stage for what we're doing by the prayer of the believers here when they were commanded not to speak. You see, you and I have come to this table as a church family. We come to the Lord's table to do one thing together, and that is proclaim the gospel to one another. You see, the Bible says that Jesus instituted this table and He instituted it on the night of Passover with His disciples and He gave them the bread just like the wafer we're about to take and He said, this is my body broken for you. He gave them the cup and He said, this is my blood which is shed, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. And Jesus is saying there, here's what I'm about to do. My body's going to be broken, my blood is going to be shed and it is for you. And so, as we are commanded as a church to do this supper, to come to this table together until Jesus returns, we are proclaiming the gospel to one another. But I want to say today, as we proclaim the gospel to one another, as we say, I am identifying with Christ, I am with Him. His broken body, it was broken for me. His shed blood, it covers me then I want us to say, if we can proclaim the gospel together at this holy table, may it be that we not go out of here and remain silent, but we go out of here and we proclaim the gospel to the world around us. You see, this table is meant to unify us in the gospel. It is meant to remind us of what Jesus did so that we can complete the commission He gave, which is to make disciples of all nations. So church, as you come today, I want to call you to examine your heart. And I want to call us to prayer. Prayer that would ask ourselves, what would it take, or some of us should probably ask, what did it take 
to, to keep me from sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. See, as you read in this text, the brothers are about 5,000 after this incident. Peter preaching this healing. More and more people are coming to know the Lord. And when they're commanded to be silent, they go to the Lord. It's amazing to me. They're turned loose and they go to their friends and reported what was told to them. And verse 24, they lifted their voices together to pray for boldness. God, you said this would happen. So now, Lord, we pray that you would make us bold. And I pray this morning that as we come to this table, it would not just be habit, it would not just be ritual, but it would be a time where you and I actually say together, as the body of Christ, we belong to Christ, who gave His body for us, who gave and shed His blood for us, and we will follow Him. God, give us us the boldness we have to come together at this table to say I belong to him give us that boldness as we live the church gathered proclaiming the gospel the church scattered being sent to proclaim the gospel so God has you in your vocation God has you in your home God has you in your neighborhood he has you in the recreation you're involved in he has you in the marketplace of this world so that you can be an ambassador for the king What has kept you from being bold about the gospel of Jesus Christ? And so I've just asked the Lord as we come to the table to unify us and to remind us of the gospel that we might go from this place today and be bold with the gospel. And note this, it is going to take a work of the Spirit of God. They had been indwelled by the Spirit, and they pray again here. And what happens down in verse 31? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to preach. Would you be bold enough in your prayer today to pray, God, fill us with your Spirit? I don't know how many of us there are in this room, but I do know this. There are more of us than there were of the twelve who were sitting with Jesus when he gave them this, when he instituted this supper. And out of their witness, because of the power of the Spirit, the world was turned upside down. I wonder today if we would pray, God, would you so shake us today as we take of this wafer that represents your body? As we partake of this cup that represents your shed blood? Would you shake us and fill us with your spirit that we might make a difference in the places you send us? Would you pray that with me? Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you to prepare your heart to come to this table. Now the Bible is very clear. If you don't know the Lord, then you should not come and partake of this table. You remain there, and I pray that you would pray. If you come and say, Pastor, I don't know the Lord, then I want to invite you to come and talk with me right after this gathering. I want to talk with you about knowing the Lord. How you could come to this King who will be King forever. But if you know the Lord this morning, you're sitting in this place and you say, I know the Lord, would you be so bold to say, Lord, would you show me any sin, anything that would hinder me from being bold for the gospel? Not only here, but as I go out of these doors. You see, as I mentioned earlier, and we pray that God would give us souls, the fact of the matter is it's going to be our boldness that brings people to the king because he's chosen to use us. He doesn't have to. He never had to use our voices. He never had to give us voice, but he did.
And he says, now I want you to use them to be bold in your speech. So would you pray, God, help me to share the gospel that I am participating in through means of this Lord's Supper with the body of Christ today. And then would you do it? I believe God will show you places and people to go and to talk to that you could share the gospel. You say, Pastor, I don't, I don't really know how to share the gospel. We have times throughout the year that we would invite you to come and learn how to, how to share your faith. But here's, the, here's the, uh, the thing that I want to say even amidst that today. If I were to take a, a survey of everybody sitting in this room, some of you would say, I, I, was, I came to Christ because a parent or a friend led me to Christ in a workplace or in my home. But the overwhelming majority of people say, they trace it back to, I came to Christ because somebody invited me to church. And there's nobody in here that couldn't invite somebody to come with them to church and hear the gospel. So Lord, would you make us bold? Would you make us bold in the gospel we celebrate? Help us to see souls saved by the way that we live.